0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Two matches against a couple of heavyweights and two convincing wins for India. Or rather, Virat Kohli's India, as every commentator insists on calling them as if the great man holds the whole country in his thrall. Who can say maybe he does? A stroll against South Africa a few days back, and now today, in the biggest game of the World Cup so far, I think it's fair to say, a brutal dismantling of Australia at the Oval. 352 for five they made in the end, with Shikha Dewan making 117 in 108 balls. That's a century apiece now for their openers, leaving Australia with the more than tricky task of making history with a World Cup record chase. The pressure told, and despite some merry late innings hitting from uh, Alex Carey and, for about five minutes, Glenn Maxwell, the, Auss- the Aussies fell 36 short. I'm Phil Walker, and this is the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979, and I'm delighted to be joined by Chetan Narula, uh, Indian journalist and broadcaster who's been at the Oval today to witness a serious statement of intent from the, this India side. Welcome to the show, Cheetan. Enjoy that one.
1: Thanks, Phil. And absolutely, it was a stunning day of uh, cricket here at the Oval. A sea of blue and they were all cheering when Hardik Pandeya played that cameo. For me, that was the big difference. Uh, two years ago, I lost to Sri Lanka at the same ground and uh, they, they regretted that they did not get 3.50 that day. They ended up at 3.30. Pandya's cameo providing that acceleration towards 350 and from then on, barring a few incidences or ups and downs here and there, from then on, India were firm favourite in this
0: game. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I think the game, certainly India's innings did hinge on that stunning intervention really by by Hardik Pandya who came in at number four and it showcased as well the, the versatility of this Indian side, didn't it?
1: Absolutely and uh, just now in the press conference we had Virat Kohli and we spoke about uh, batting order. It was... It, Keeps on changing, doesn't it? I mean, yes, it's fixed up till the top three. You have Rohit, Dhawan and Virat Kohli. But after that, you know, sometimes you'll see KL Rahul at four, MS Dhoni up at number five. It keeps on changing. And that's what Virat said, you know. If he had gotten out, then MS Dhoni would have come to hold one to end together. Dhawan got out, then Pandya would come in. And that's what happened. Dhawan got out and they got Pandya in. So from one end, they would keep it holding together. Yeah. And from the other end, they would keep on pushing the scoring rate. And it really played out to perfection today. Yeah,
0: it's interesting that there was a bit of conjecture around the uh, the makeup of the squad before the tournament began and the questions around, say, Rishabh Pant and why he didn't make the cut. And they were saying on commentary as well earlier in the week that it's a become a national obsession who's going to bat number four. Well, it turns out a number of different players are going to bat number four in this tournament.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, in the last two years, I've followed this team closely and this, I, I don't. I've lost the number of, uh, you know, lost count of the number of pieces I've written about who is going to bat at number four. And, you know, (laughs) nearly 10 or 11 players, even today on commentary, we were talking about how many people have batted at number four. We counted up to 10. Right. Up to 10. 10 batsmen before this tournament in the last (laughs) two years at number four for India. And even in this tournament, there is no, in two matches, the same guy has not batted at number four. So... Yeah, it's going to be a revolving door. it's going to be a horses for courses policy, and look, as long as it keeps working, uh, I think uh, nobody is going to complain about it, but in the end, if, it, if there comes a day when it doesn't work, then of course everybody will bounce on that mistake also.
0: Um, Pandya, just coming through the scorecard here, 48 and 27 balls, 41 minutes of, of merry carnage, um, he came in two down for for 220 in the 37th over, or 30, 38th over in fact, so it was a key moment in what was always going to be a high-scoring game at the Oval. And, and it struck me with Pandia that it wasn't just brute force. There was touch and control and a bit of subtlety in there amidst the violence. Four-fours, three-sixes. And dare I say it from an English point of view, it struck me that, the India's Joss Butler is emerging here.
1: Yes, I think that's a. I think that's a great analogy, Phil. Uh, it's not just about power hitting anymore. It's also about field placement. I think there was this one shot where he just opened the blade of his bat and you know glided it past uh, shot third man. Yeah, uh, I think that was very intelligent uh, boundary. I mean, it's not just he's hitting short balls out of the park or balls that are you know delivered in his heart. That was not the case. So it's and that that we see with Joss Butler as well. It's not. Just about power hitting. It's also how he maneuvers the field, how he maneuvers the bowling. And I think uh, we've seen that in Pandya as well in the last two years. He's really matured as a cricketer, mm-hmm. not just with the bat, I think he bowled really well with the ball. Not just today, also in the game at Southampton. You know, he's added a few variations in his pace, the off cutter. And there's this one delivery I have been very interested to note this one delivery that he lands on the seam and mm-hmm. it shoots up. He, he, he bowled a couple of them in the last game against South Africa. He bowled a couple of them today. Really surprised the batsman with that shooter yep. uh, which lands on the scene. So uh, we've seen the all-round development of Hardik Pandya. I think he's a real X-factor for this team in this uh, whether he's batting or bowling, and he's a
0: superb fielder as well. No doubt. Um, he also has a certain kind of charisma as well, doesn't he? And uh, you mentioned he's, he's matured as a cricketer. Chigadarwan, uh, as well, another very
1: flamboyant,
0: charismatic cricketer, and an instantly lovable one as well. Uh, he's great value on and off the field. And considering he got whacked on the thumb today and looked like he was batting with yeah. nine fingers at one point, it was an astonishing innings, really 117 in 109 deliveries, 16 fours in there as well. Um, and what India have done, as they tend to do in, in ICC tournaments, they've struck gold straight away in that top three. Two centuries already absolutely. for both of their, well, a, a century apiece for their openers. And Dewan came to the party today. He likes batting at the Oval, didn't
1: he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was just uh, doing a video shoot and we spoke about Dhawan his record in 2013, 2015, 2017, now 19. Four ODI ICC events. He's done well in the World T20 events as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Shikhar Dhawan is actually a case study in psychology. You know, what happens to him when he comes to ICC events. I was just joking <laughs> that. Sometimes he goes off the bar boil in bilateral series. Sometimes he wakes up late in a test series. Mm-hmm. Irrespective of where he's playing with ICC events, he's right on the money. Some players have that mentality still, don't they? I mean, yeah. big matches, big moments. Yeah. And they just switch it on. I think Shikhar Dhawan does have that. You know, he enjoys the big stage. Mm-hmm. Some, people, some players just soak it in. And, and I think we see it that in him, in him he has that flashy uh, flashy attacking game which which feeds off energy of the crowd yep. uh, it, 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 it's electric it's good to watch it's entertaining and he enjoys batting in that manner so you know no holds barred approach to batting so in that sense I think he's enjoying his cricket he enjoys these uh, big stages and the biggest part of course is that he's now in form he's got the runs because he's a he's a form player he's a rhythm player once he gets going yeah, he makes sure that he makes it count he makes it a prolonged tournament so The early part of the tournament where India are playing four tough teams. You know, they're playing South Africa, Australia, New Zealand up next, and Pakistan, ever mercurial, ever unpredictable. You never know. And it's a huge game, India-Pakistan. So (laughs) you
0: you never know what what,
1: what really happens. Yeah, right. So (laughs) with uh, with Dhawan getting that form early he'll make
0: sure that he keeps going, he keeps getting those big runs. I want to ask you a little a little bit later about that Pakistan game. It's irresistible. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll come to that just in a moment. Um, just from the Australian yeah. p- point of view with the ball, their champions Stark and, and Cummins held it together yeah. reasonably well in that opening spell. But then... The lack of support yeah. in the in the support bowlers really did come across, didn't it? And I've got a couple of couple of figures here. Well, first, it's only the 11th time that Australia have conceded over 350. And um, it was something like, what was it here? You're 45 of seven from Maxwell, 63 from 10 from Colton I, which isn't bad. But yeah. Zampa, Zampa's figures, you know, went over eight, 50 from six. Yeah. And same with Stoinis as well, 62 from seven. It seems like after those two great bowlers up top, they are yeah. a little bit lacking in the bowling department. Uh,
1: I think it's a very, very valid point, Phil, because that comes Mitchell which start great start ballers with the new ball, with the old ball. And that spell, I think India came out uh, with a particular game plan. They were targeting bowlers beyond these two. Let's be just honest about that. Yep. Adam Zampa did really well in the series in India. He had that great mm-hmm. series there, but the conditions are a little different. And especially if you get on top of him, yep. India were experimenting in that series at home. So at times it can impact your batting. But if you have a full strength, side right. and if you go hard against the spinner first up against mm-hmm. any batting lineup you might be able to recover against an indian batting lineup even the great shane one found it difficult to come back so sure. adam damper still in the learning stage but for me i think the pivotal moment was nathan koulton first spell mm-hmm. uh nathan koulton has an odi economy of 5.5 you said 6.3 you went for 60
0: yeah of 10, he, he actually like pulled that? it back okay didn't he because i think his first did, four went for absolutely
1: 30 yeah absolutely uh he did pull it back because he's a good bowler, uh, even a great bowler, perhaps very underrated you know, because mm-hmm. he bowls tightly and he keeps it tight in the middle overs. Uh, he's uh, that sort of character, very slippery in the India series and he has bags of experience on pitches like this. Yeah, He's played so much cricket in the IPL, so much cricket against these players. I think going after him in the first three overs, Nathan Coulter-Nile was going at 8 and over.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then
1: it, then it came down to 7 and over. And then obviously in 10 overs, it came down to 6 and over. But those three overs, when he had to be taken off and then his bowling ends were changed, mm-hmm. I think that provided the momentum to the Indian in, innings in reality. Yep, you no. went after Nathan Coulter Nile, you went after Adam Zampa, and suddenly Adam Finch is worrying about his 10 overs from Maxwell and Stoinis. So sure. these four, they went after and they caught the bulk of runs against these four. And once they had that base, even Cummins and Stark couldn't stop them in the death overs. I,
0: I hear you and echo those, those thoughts. I would just add. Having seen uh, Adil Rashid bowl yesterday and earlier as well in the tournament and Adil Rashid's record in recent years in ODI cricket is fabulous. Adam Zampa is is, is a classy, classy wrist spinner. However, when you compare those two very good leg spinners with India's two wrist spinners, you see the value of accuracy, the value of command of length. And I thought thought Yadav and Chahal today were utterly superb. 117 yeah. that they, they conceded between them across 19 overs. When you think this is the oval, when you think this is English conditions, and when you think you're chasing yeah. 350, to go at not much more than a run, or well, slightly under a run ball, in fact, it's, it was superb. And of all the things I've seen so far in this tournament, the most ominous from, a, from an English perspective is how brilliant those two were. <laughs> today
1: I, I think it's a very very good point and i would like to add to it phil in the sense that i saw something different from kuldeep and chahel today because uh in the first 10 overs that they bowled or the first eight overs or something like that i think they went for 40 or in their yeah, first eight overs mm-hmm. they went for 40 runs they did not take a wick i think they took one wicket between them i think yep. koulib to a wicket or chahel took a wicket there was one wicket for 40 in eight overs between them right they're not used to. They're not used to that. They're they're used to picking wickets very regularly. They're used to picking wickets great regularity. Getting into even if one of them gets hit, the other will pick up wickets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this this thing of not picking up wickets with regularity that was something rare. Yeah. And what they did was they they changed their gears. I think they bowl restrictively today. Mm-hmm. These two to pride themselves in flighting the ball. Even if they get hit, they'll they'll keep bowling to take wickets. Yep. Today, I thought they were not bowling to take wickets. Today, I thought they were bowling restrictively. They were trying to bowl or trying to contain the batsmen. It's not as if they were hit, as if they were being hit out of the park. No, mm-hmm. or or that they were afraid. No, they were trying to bowl a restrictive line because I think there was a bowling plan to not give anything away to Australia, backed up by some really good aggressive fielding from India.
0: Yeah, they did. They, they did feel very well.
1: Place. Yeah, I would just. Add yeah, though, absolutely.
0: Th- th- the theory is undoubtedly correct but australia would have been trying to do the same thing themselves you know they would have been trying to squeeze in those middle overs yeah it's, it's easier said than done and leg spinners as, as we know even the greats they drag a few down from time to time there's a few full ones there's a few long half volleys a few yeah. full tosses what was spectacular i thought about the two of them today was how parsimonious they were they just gave you nothing to hit and in those middle overs that's where the game was was nailed really i've got again i've got a few figures Absolutely. again here warner who we'll come to in a moment, because that was a peculiar innings. He got out in the 25th over with the score at 133. 38 balls later in those middle overs, they'd added 26 runs. So they were going at barely four and over in that critical middle over period. And it was down to these two spinners. Going through the tournament, teams are going to have to work out how to how to work against Yadav and Shahab, because it's not like the opening bowlers of Bumrah and, and Kumar give you much either.
1: Absolutely. And you, and you talked about... Uh... You know Zampa and Rashid, and you and you ask why they are so different. Chehel and Kuldeep. I think it's because of the conditions that they have played in. I mean, you you yeah. look at uh, playing in the IPL, such flat tracks, and you're just being hit out of the park. I'm
0: yeah, not saying conditions
1: in England are different, or conditions in the big in the Big Bash are very bowler friendly, but I think uh, these guys have played a lot of their cricket, a lot of their cricket growing up even on flat surfaces where the batsman can just step up and hit you across the line. Mm-hmm. You know, with Australia and England. There's sometimes not much to do for the spinners. I mean, you look at Rashid; he plays at Yorkshire. And, you know, uh, for a lot of the summer, I think faces reign supreme at, at, at Yorkshire. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I'm not sure how much he gets to bowl in the first half of the summer, uh, especially in red ball cricket. But in India, you know, batsmen, irrespective of whether it's red ball or white ball, batsmen can just step up and hit you across the line. Mm-hmm. And they've had to bowl a lot of restrictive lines in the IPL. They've bowled with the new ball, with the old ball. Mm-hmm. at different times that exposure just to control i mean chehel uh, he's he's grown up with, you know playing for virat kohli with uh, at at rcb at royal challenges bangalore he can perform a variety of roles and he's a very very economical bowler can has a lot of control on his bowling perhaps even more than i rate him ba- i rate him personally i rate him higher than kuldeep yadav at least in white ball cricket right um, because he can, he has that control has that variation in terms of pace in terms of flight can prove a little expensive and can sometimes go off the boil mm-hmm. later in his spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but again, the bottom line is playing in the conditions and against hard-hitting batsmen in domestic cricket, in IPL, I think they have learned maybe a few more tricks of the trade than somebody like Zampa and Rashid.
0: Yeah, I see that. David Warner, as we mentioned briefly earlier, an eccentric innings uh, by his standards, really. The slowest 50s ever made in in ODIs. 56 in 84, uh, he made in the end before lobbing one up, really, to to deep mid-wicket against the wind on the long boundary. It it rather spoke of the the rather sort of garbled mind that seemed to be driving the innings. All kinds of theories will abound. Uh, It may well be that sometimes, you know, teams just bowl very well to you and you can't get it away. But it's a tempting thing to wonder is there some kind of psychological hangover from what he's gone through and and as we saw with Ben Stokes last year when he came back from his own his own dramas and tra- personal traumas with, with a kind of yeah. almost overt attempt to to demonstrate responsibility and a new kind of sober approach to life and cricket maybe Warner is 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 in that kind of kind of psychological bind himself because it was a it was a most unusual innings and that freedom that we we've come to recognize with Warner's batting just simply wasn't there today
1: I'm not sure, Phil, because in the IPL, he was just going along fine. He was the explosive batsman, scored, what, 600-plus runs? Maybe, I'm not sure, I think, I'm not sure about the exact figure, 600-plus runs in the IPL, 12 matches. Yeah. Uh, He was his usual self-explosive, hard-hitting. I think the big difference is that he is, I think he's trying a bit hard, a bit too hard to get runs behind his belt. He, He doesn't want this to be a failure. He doesn't want this comeback to be a failure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, the, the, there's also the difference between IPL and international level. As good as the IPL is as at 20 competition, when you step up to the international states, beat against Afghanistan, beat against West Indies, or India for that matter, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a is a bigger step up in terms of the bowling attack, the bowling quality that you're facing. Yep. So in that sense, I think uh, I think he's just a bit guarded. Uh, I'm sure as the tournament goes on, and for him, it's actually a long summer as well. The ashes are following, and I'm sure. pretty sure that he will be included in the test side as well. I think he just has his eye on the bigger picture. He doesn't want to mess this up. Mm-hmm. And, and to be very honest, he's batted uncharacteristically. Even then, you have to see his returns. He has two half-centuries and three innings.
0: Yeah. True. True.
1: So, so in that sense, yeah. So, so in that sense, it's not that bad. I mean, at the end of the day, five years later, we will not remember how he batted in these three matches. We we'll, in the first three matches, we will remember that he had two half centuries in the first three innings when he came back from that ban.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, moving moving down the pipe. Then in, in Australia's innings, Glenn Maxwell was held back too long. Right. Agreed. He came in at number five. Yeah. He should have been in at number three or Oh, four. Oh. <laughs>
1: Uh, they don't even get me started on that I mean it was January uh, when India played those ODIs in australia then uh, then they then Australia came to India, then they went to Pakistan. Uh, we are now in what June mm-hmm. six months first six months of this year and even last year some of the month Australian cricket has been debating where to send Glenn Maxwell out if ever there was an example that Maxwell is batting too low it is this match
0: yeah absolutely this
1: guy has to bat at number I mean yes you're chasing 350 you're sending Usman Khwaja at number 4 yeah uh, at at 8.7 at 8. and over required why not send Glenn Maxwell and why not change the momentum of the game they're simply batting maxwell
0: just too low just too Do you low know it, it
1: struck
0: to have me. any sort of impact it's, it's, it's it reminded me of England in 2015 uh where you know Butler was still batting seven and eight for England in that that disaster yeah, of a World Cup campaign it's
1: ridiculous. And, and what, and what's ridiculous and see what what's
0: happened go on sorry go you're all yours no. Just look at what what's happened in the
1: last four years. Butler is starting five, six. Even in that game against Pakistan, he got a hundred there, coming at what number number five, number mm-hmm. six. Mm-hmm. Got a hundred there when they were chasing 340. He scores a hundred because he has time on his hands because he can still change the game around. Yeah. Imagine Maxwell doing the same role. He's coming in. You have Smith who's doing a, a, a Joe Root sort of a role. He's going great guns, and then Khwaja comes in, and for the first 20 balls, Khwaja has no idea. that he, what he wants to do i mean yes he scored what 40 or 30 or something like that Yeah. strike and i had a good strike rate but for the first 20 balls look at what what maxwell did in the 20 balls he faced and what what quaja did in his first 20 balls who is going to win you a game when you are asked when the asking rate is 9 and over is it usman quaja or is it glenn maxwell
0: indeed, indeed.
1: It's, 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 there's, there's there's no there's no ambiguity over the answer here glenn maxwell just does not get the time to make the sort of impact that he can make.
0: Yeah, I I think we'll have to see an adjustment to their their strategy moving forward through the World Cup. Just... just I wanted a quick word on on Kumar as well, um, who's had a slightly in yeah. and out six months, to, six to twelve months. But looked look back on it again today, and I thought his his leg cutter to get rid of Steve Smith, which was bizarrely given not out by it by Ian Gould, who's an otherwise brilliant umpire, was one of the one of the balls of the tournament, and it wasn't really given the credit it deserves. You know, he ro- rolled his fingers across the left hand side of the ball, held it back, and and smith never misses yes. it on his pads but he was done almost like yeah. a leg break he was playing through to mid wicket yeah. and he was slapped on the pads
1: there was change of pace in that delivery too wasn't there yeah um i think i think from the initial reaction from what i could judge from the commentary box i think both the umpire and the batsman they were thinking because when the replays were going on for the d r s yeah smith walked off uh, he he didn't wait for the ball tracker mm-hmm. he walked off the moment they showed the snicko meter and there was no edge
0: yeah he so knew. i
1: think I thought Smith thought there was an edge. I think Ian Gould, because come on, Phil, it was so loud. It was so loud. Sometimes umpires, <laughs> yes, Gould is a very good umpire. Sometimes they're human too, aren't they? I think both the batsman and the umpire were playing from for the edge there. I think Hugi was very confident that there was no edge. Yep. Uh, uh, I mean, there are two reactions here. Virat Kohli asked Bhubaneshwar Kumar, was there an edge? He said, no edge. He went for DRS. And Steve Smith, Straight away walked off when yeah. he got a snipper meter. Did not wait for the ball tracker. He, it was just about the edge. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, talking about Rubaneshwar Kumar, I, I'm not sure he was a certainty to play India's first two games because Mohammed Shami had a terrific test year. He, he, mm-hmm. he rolled so well in the ODIs in Australia and New Zealand. English conditions really prop up Rubaneshwar Kumar. Yeah. He's added a yard of pace when he's fully fit. He's added a yard of pace. He can move the ball both ways. Mm-hmm. He, he can, you know, provide reverse swing. He has that cutter. He has that, uh, what's that ball called? Knuckle ball. Yeah. Uh, he's developed that. A lot of variations. Shami, more hit the deck sort of a bowler. And of course, Bhubaneshwar Kumar bats well at number eight. Probably a little better if there's a collapse. He can hold it together to, you know, prolong the Indian inning. So a lot of things went into his favor yeah. that saw him being picked for the first ODI, mm-hmm. Against South Africa, and I think he's just built on that. He bowled really well against South Africa. He bowled really well here. He's coming into that rhythm. All yep. fast bowlers are rhythm bowlers. I think uh, Umesh Kumar suffered from a lack of rhythm in the in the la- latter half of last year. He wasn't playing. He was injured. There was a huge gap when he then played the Australia series. Now he's in rhythm. He's played the IPL. He's got that rhythm back. Yeah, and it's, I think we're seeing a much, much better bowler.
0: Certainly evident. And, As- and there's
1: yeah, <laughs> there's no 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 need really to talk about Umrao. What a sensation!
0: Yeah. Well, again, just just one stat to finish up on on Bumrah. Yeah. Economy rate of under six in the last ten overs of, of an ODI innings. That is astonishing, really. When you think that teams yeah. are regularly now running at tens, 12s and over, that is that is quite remarkable. And he is. I would say pound for pound, certainly in my, in my opinion, the most complete ODI bowler, ODI scene bowler out there in this tournament. I just want to throw it forward though, Cheetham, to the next few days in, yeah. in India's story. Two big games, uh, both yeah. big cricket matches, but one slightly bigger yeah. on the other hand. India play New Zealand on Thursday, which speaks for itself, but then yeah. they play Pakistan on Sunday at Old Trafford. I'll be up there for that one. No doubt you'll be there too. Yeah. I wanted to ask you yeah. while we know that these games are, all, are intense and iconically yeah. intense but will this yeah. one be even more so in light of you know the the political tensions if you like that have been ramped up even more so yeah. in recent months
1: it is a big game no doubt Still, I mean you're talking about the New Zealand game which is in between I'll tell you uh, there was a time when Shikhar Dhawan and Virat Kohli were just motoring along so confidently I saw a tweet uh, Pakistan are you watching <laughs> That's how big that is. The, way, the Australia game was not even halfway through and they were like, Pakistan, are you watching? It's a, it's going to be a spectacle. It, it is going to be a spectacle. The problem is that it's not always competitive. Yeah. Uh, it has never been competitive in ODI World Cups. And especially in the last two editions, it's not been very competitive. I think what we want is a good India-Pakistan contest. A lot of it will depend on how Pakistan play against Australia in mm-hmm. Taunton. Mm-hmm. They have a game in between. India have a game against New Zealand. All due respect to New Zealand, a lot of the fans will be talking about Pakistan. A lot of the media will be talking about Pakistan. This Indian team, though, will be focused on the job. I think Pakistan will also be focused on the job. They got some momentum after beating England. Mm-hmm. And they lost, I think they lost a point against Sri Lanka. Uh, Sri Lanka gained a point. Indeed. I think Pakistan lost a point. They had some momentum. If it was a 20-over game, not a T20 game, if it was a 20-over game, Pakistan number 1 G20 side at the moment, so definitely they lost a point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Pakistan need an England sort of performance going ahead to that India match. If they put in a West Indies sort of performance, I think they will be down and out. The pressure is too intense Mm -hmm. in an India-Pakistan game, and Pakistan will be mentally down. I think we need a Pakistan side which is mentally up for that game mm-hmm. and then it will be an even bigger spectacle and I hope the weather gods uh, you know, are kind on
0: us on Sunday in Manchester well yeah indeed I just remember two years ago being at the Oval when we walked into that, that final of the Champions Trophy and India had been the dominant side uh, and few people gave Pakistan a chance and they won it by 150 odd 180 odd I think it was indeed in the end so this game brings out something unique and special in the, in the sporting psyche um, I personally can't wait for for it. Uh, I just wanted to ask you just finally Cheeton, what's it like for a touring journalist? What's it like for a touring Indian journalist? How do you manage a <laughs> tournament like this? Does it send you <laughs> faintly do I mean, I've done a few myself abroad and and it's it's a funny yes. old test of a journalist's psyche. So how how are you finding it? What's the nature of touring England like for you? Ah, uh, well, it's always a pleasure.
1: England is one of my favorite countries. I love London. London is one of my favorite cities. It's easier in terms of travel that you have trains, good trains, some connectivity between cities. Uh As a journalist, this is my third ODI World Cup, even in 2011 in India, in in 2015 in Australia, Mm -hmm. New Zealand. I try not to cover, and now, even now, I try not to cover just Team India, because it's a World Cup for for all that matters. It's a World Cup. Other teams are there. Mm -hmm. And you get a real flavor for it. You get a real knowledge, an insight into the other players, into the crowds, what do the people expect? So...
0: And your, yes, overall exactly. impressions, your overall impressions of the tournament, it seems like it's going with a swing.
1: I think it's gained momentum in the second week, hasn't it? I mean, the last week, the first three games were really one-sided, but this week, I think it all woke up with Pakistan waking up, really. Yeah, <laughs> Pakistan are the cornerstone of every ICC tournament. If they wake up, it's going to be a really nice tournament. But as a, as, as a touring journalist, it's, it's sometimes really hectic. Uh, uh, this is my fifth tour in the last 18 months. I was in South Africa, England. Australia, New Zealand, now here, back in England. Mm-hmm. And I was just joking around with one of the world volunteers that last year, in 2018, Virat Kohli saw my face more than my mom did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the life of, of a touring journalist. But listen, um, you know, I am very lucky to be doing what I'm doing and getting the opportunities to, to talk about the game I love, to watch the game I love. And and, 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 get, and and make a living watching the game and covering
0: the game that I love. And and to, and watching this serious cricket team as well. It, it's, it has India-England in the final in, in four weeks written all over it this one, I think. Uh, Cheaton, <laughs> we, we, we're just Maybe. about done here, I think, mate. Thank you ever so much for your time. Um, no doubt you'll be yes, on a train yes, tomorrow morning heading to Taunton or wherever it will be. Uh, no. Uh,
1: so, so the part of the planning is that post-India, there's a lot to write. So tomorrow it's all... You know, writing day. I'll be on the train on Tuesday morning to Bristol to cover uh, Sri Lanka versus Bangladesh. Should be a cracking game. That one as well. Rain, 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 relenting, of course
0: alright well great stuff thanks for joining us this has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travel Bag uh, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979 we'll be back tomorrow with a couple of shows actually why, why do one podcast a day when you can do two a weekly roundup and a daily hit Will McPherson and Dan Gallen will be on the tools for those and of course myself and Joe Harmon we hope you're enjoying the shows do let us know on the Twitters and the good old Facebook and all that and don't forget to subscribe via the podcast app or Spotify Bye. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.